please give us a follow on Spotify. It really helps out and you will get a notification every time we release a new episode on Monday. Welcome to the Ignition Podcast, the podcast that aims to inspire those who have a passion for cars to do more with that passion. I aim to do this by sharing the journeys and the stories of people I find to be an inspiration and whom I wish I had spoken to earlier. And it doesn't get more motivating than the guys from B-Road Hunting Club, Ed and Rog. Ed and Rog met at a mini meet, but there was nothing small about what they wanted to create. In this conversation with the three of us, we talk cars, community, and what it takes to move out of a shed. They started off customising minis and now expanding from car meets to merchandise to just creating a real family. So if you want to hear a light-hearted car talk, this isn't what these guys are about. Ed and Rog are two of the most honest and to-the-point people I have met. It is clear to see how they have built success with B-Road through honesty and openness. So get ready to learn more about these two and how they got B-Road on the map. Ed, Rog, welcome to the podcast. How are we? Very well, thank you. Good morning. Good, thank you. Morning, morning, morning. So a little question I'd like to start off with is what ignited your passions or your, your passions in between you for two, for two people uh, for cars? I don't, I don't really know where I got mine from because my dad sort of owned some nice cars, but he was never into cars as such. Um, so... I don't really know where mine come from, buddy. I think I think like anything, it was you look at posters to a degree when you're young. Do you know what I mean? And I think um, I know that I got into minis when I watched the Italian job, like the remake with Mark Wahlberg in, and I was like, oh, do you know what that looks like? Quite fun. That's how I got into the minis. Uh, always liked Porsches, but I can't actually remember, mate. If I'm honest, where why I got into cars, I just. Yeah, always have been, mate, to be fair. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. A modified VW as my first car, like a classic VW Beetle. And, uh, yeah, that was a slippery slope, mate, if I'm honest. Modified that. And spent loads of money on it and sold it for a £1,000 scrap. So, yeah, brilliant. Uh, yeah, I mean, I it, mine's not too dissimilar, I suppose. Um, the first car, I mean, I, I learned to drive really late on, um, and I only really learned to drive because... Uh, my wife, Deb, needed taken to the hospital. Mm. Um, that's the only reason I let her drive, if I'm honest. Um, and then I was not really, it was a car, it was a car. Uh, I really got into uh, cars when I bought my first car. It was probably about five after dri- uh, learning to drive. Um, and then very much like Rog got, went down the slippery slope of buying minis. And that was the first car that I really modified. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, Cut to, I guess, 10 years after owning my first Mini, I met Rog at a Mini event. Um, and then, yeah, we sort of, I guess, hit it off. Um, B-Road didn't start initially. We we were doing, you know, we were talking about, you know, we had a, a club and bits and pieces. Um, and then it was just natural progression that, you know, there was a group of maybe six of us. And eventually there was a group of two of us. Um, and here we are, right? It's there we go. Yeah. You know, I guess is that. I mean, I mean we started. B Road started when me and Rod decided that we would take a mini and modify it and make it into um, like our own sort of Porsche Singer brand, I suppose. Okay. Uh, 
and we did what that and that's obviously you you've you know the monte carlo rally car was the pinnacle of what we did um we did a few before that but yeah leo's monte carlo rally car was sort of the pinnacle of that whole modifying and that then started us down this whole sort of cars and coffee route i suppose brilliant and should you guys just picking up tools and learning yourselves or is there any background to your sort of skill set or was it just you have to modify things and change things up and that's what you did with the monte carlo stuff and so i i'm a i'm a chef by trade so i did uh, 30 years in the army um as a chef or sorry i've been 25 years in the army five years before that as a chef so i've always been a, a bit of a creative person but i always sort of had an idea of stuff that I wanted to do now not you know my first car's not executed particularly well um maybe because I couldn't get the idea across or you know or I you know just didn't do it very well and then we when we start sort of linked up together and the more we do it some of the just ideas that we knocked around between the two of us and then if we couldn't do it we would then go and find somebody that could help do it the beauty with um Leo's Monte Carlo car, I guess, um, was he knew exactly what he wanted. He wanted a modern incarnation of an old Monte Carlo rally yeah. car. So we, in essence, project managed that. We sourced all the parts um, and then we took it to the, you know, the people that built it. Um, but then we stuck our name on it and we did the finishing touches. So all of the, you know, the decals, all of the stencils are all done by by us the i you know the combo the shaving the aerial off the roof you know putting bigger spotlights on it putting a wooden dash in it you know an old school sh- mini short shift and modif- getting that modified to fit all of that was us you know rog sourcing the right gold paint you know and just do you know all of that sort of stuff was done by us but that was you know that was crafted after a many attempts of maybe yeah not getting it wrong doing it and then going actually we can improve on that you know and that was i guess was is the key we now we've moved away you know we've moved away from that we do modify our own cars and we do bits and pieces that people still like and i think you know that's always going to be very much part of b road but i think it's very expensive to modify a car and to modify a car for somebody else yeah. and make good money out because people just aren't prepared to pay the money. That's the, the problem. Yeah, Rog. Um, yeah, so you, you, you're, more the, you're more the paint guy, the details, the colours. Is that more what, what evokes you in a car? Is, is that sort of it for you, the colours and stuff, the aesthetics even? Yeah, I mean, mechanically, I've sort of, I know bits, you pick up stuff, don't you, when you, like, mess around with cars, but I've sort of more been about set up, you know, I'm a bit of a wheel and tyre geek, offsets and getting the car set up right and stuff. But, yeah, for me, personally, most mechanical work that needs doing, etc. I'll always take it to places that I either know, people that I trust, like with the minis, it was always 13, 20 for me, because... You know, Thomas and Scott, places like that, them boys do it for a living, you know, so sometimes, you know, you get people who will try and do it themselves or take it to their kind of local galleries because it's nearest, whatever, but for me, that's like, it doesn't matter if if the right garage is an hour away or six hours away, for me, you've got to take a car or whatever you're doing to the right 
to the right place, you know, because otherwise exactly. I just think if you're asking for trouble sometimes, it's, it's one, one of those things where you can get it done quicker, cheaper, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be better. You know, and a lot of the time, if you are going down the specialist route with the minis and this and that, it's going to cost you money because these guys aren't cheap, but it's because they, yeah. do it they know what they're doing, you know? So, yeah, I've, I've messed around with cars, Harry, and like I said, more you know, aesthetics-wise, I've got a wicked paint shop that I use, and I think you have to sort of build up relationships with people that you trust and know, because if you had to take it to main dealers every time for stuff, I mean, you just, you'd be, you'd be living on the bread line within about two months, you know, so... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, it sounds, sounds like um, you guys are, are pretty enjoying what you're doing so far. But that's that's kind of the reason I wanted to guys get you on and um, ask you. So you met you met a mini a mini meet, but what was the conversation you had around starting B Road? Where where did that start conceptually? Wow. Uh, yeah. Well, but Ed has, Ed's had um, three or four guys that I sort of didn't know that Ed knew, and they were sort of talking about this car club in essence. Um, and I was like, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Do you know what I mean? Um, and then, like I said, there was sort of five, I think five, six of us at one point. Uh, we discussed about starting this, but then uh, to sort of get it off the ground, you know, some money had to be put in. It wasn't a great deal, but like anything, a couple of the guys weren't comfortable with that. And, you know, sort of I went in and, yeah, all of a sudden it just ended up as as me and me and Ed Harry working out his shed in the in his back garden. Yeah, um, and do you know what? It I guess you know I, part of that question is that's how you know that's how we definitely started in B Road. B Road's evolved, right? So B Road, as you know, it not the B Road. It started from my shed. So in my shed, it was very much me and Rog doing our thing, concept of creating this brand around building minis that look like Porsche singers, right? Yeah. You know, same wheels, stud kits. So basically they all had a signature of B Road. Um, B Road now is completely different to what it was four years ago. And that's just a part of the evolution of, you know, we've never been, you know, me and Rog like to do things differently. Right? That is, the, that core goes through what we do. Do things differently and do them right but equally bring people along for the journey. Yeah. So it's been a journey for me and Rog, and we joke a lot that we could write a book on how not to start a business, right? Because it has been one of those up and down, lost loads of money, um, you know, of, you know, when we were, you know, there's a funny story, right? When we were really tight for money, we needed to take one of our cars to Scotland. So we arranged to take it halfway and meet the guy there. What we didn't want to do was pay for a hotel because that cost us money. So we ended up, if you'd have seen us in this service station, Rog laying across the trailer of the seat and I was in the back of the mini <laughs> sleeping. That That's funny in itself, right? But the funny bit is a couple of weeks later when we got back from that trip, we got a fine for overstaying in the services that cost more than a hotel room. So actually we'd have been better off <laughs> than we would have been cramped up in the back of two cars, freezing cold for six hours. So there's all those sort of snippets and they're really funny bits. But yeah, B Road after the minis has evolved into, you know, we call it cars and coffee, right? Um, Because that's how it started. People coming up and drinking coffee or tea and just chatting. And 
Yeah, when I think back, that very much what happened on my drive out of our shed. And when we had took over a little bit of a building when I was working for Corbo, we had a little office and that became the cars and coffee. We had a lot more parking and more people came out. And it was a place for car clubs just to come and hang out and chat, right? Yeah. The lovely bit about B Road now, it is for every car owner, petrol head, motorcyclist, electric, diesel, pet. We don't care, right? Mm. Passion for petrol or you know cars in general motorbikes but equally you like talking to different people and seeing different things that is basically what now b-road's all about it's yeah. all about car the car community coming together it's not about um single entities of cars right it's great we have porsche events and we have lots of german cars but that's because that's the sort of that's the sort of thing we involved in right but we don't Anybody can approach us, you know, classic yeah. cars, sports cars, modern cars, you know, jack cars, whatever. It it doesn't matter. You will always be welcome at B-Road. We just tend to, you know, because we're into Porsches and we both own Porsches, we've got an affiliation with the Porsches because we own yeah. BW. That's always, you know, there's always... Um, but the beauty is when we have an open house, you can see anything at B-Road. And mm. we pop up at the weekend was a prime example of an, a massive eclectic mix of different cars all parked next to each other classics modern you got a you know half a million pound ferrari parked next to a 1970s one-off modified porsche 914 yeah f56 mini jcw you know parked next to two or three classic beetles so it, that that's the beauty of it now it is now and we hope that we're building a space where petrol heads can come and gather and just talk to each other yeah i was gonna say you know that's the one thing i guess me and roger really you know i would say proud of the fact that when people come and see us we do make the effort to talk to everybody that comes and try and introduce them to other people with yeah. that have been a few times you know like your regulars you try and and that creates that sort of community community hub. You don't you don't have to come to B Road to see us. Now your people are coming because they've made friends and they're hooking up with, you know, mates that they come from two different parts of Sussex, but they converge on B Road and meet for a coffee and a bacon sandwich and then meet other people and so it sort of starts to the spider web starts to spread out, right? Yeah, I mean it's amazing to see you guys. I mean what I guess the good question is what what made you sitting in those cars freezing cold? Oh no, I'm guessing it was probably raining if you're going to Scotland. What made you want to carry on? Because that for some people would be the end of the line. I think you'd, you'd be like, we're, we're stuck on cash, we'll give up. But what what stopped you from giving up? A lot, Harry, because there's nothing, there's just nothing down here. A lot we were trying to create, mate. Obviously, you've got a uh, caffeine machine, which is obviously uh, regarded as, you know, the sort of place that's got it. Probably right if you like. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Um, Phil setting that up has done a wicked job. It's an amazing venue. But for us, it's a sort of three, four hour trek up there. You know, it's not somewhere you could just sort of jump in. So we sort of carried on, mate, because we knew that there was a um, a sort of a call for it, right? Yeah, a need for it, a want for it. People wanted it down here. So we just thought, look, you know, we've got a following now. People are loving what we're doing. You've got to, you can't, 
setting anything up, Harry, if you, you know, if you want to get out because you've lost a bit of money, well, you're never going to get anywhere, do you know what I mean? And some, <laughs> people, some people don't like to do that or even the thought of it, and understandably, mate, but you've got to, you've got to go through that to get... Yeah, to get there, I yeah. think I think another one. Obviously, if anyone knows me and Rog personally and have known us for a long time, they'll they'll both know, right? And I think that's why we get on so well. Is there's this core that's running for us that we are not, we will not be defeated. You know, Rog yeah. was a professional golfer. You know, I was a professional in the in the job that I did, and they're giving up isn't uh, is not an option, right? I didn't set out to you know, to do this, to put, you know, our friends and family through this. I mean, like I say, this, and it has become, this has definitely become our lives, right? So you just can't, I think if you think like that, I just personally, and this might sound really bad, I do like that. I do not think giving up is an option. Yeah. Yeah. Change it, flex it, do what needs to be done to make it work. But, not not doing it is not an option so mm. you know and that has been you know i think that's that's truth with a lot of things you know but then that's what i say you look back on it now and it's it's comical it's funny it's makes it makes it worthwhile right the hard times make it worthwhile it's not you know they shouldn't be looked at as um, obstacles or reasons to stop doing what you're doing that's when you look back on it is it, I'm guessing it's coming from being, being professional sports and being in the army. I mean, first of all, thank you for your service. I didn't say it earlier, but definitely I should, should say it now. Um, creates, creates a mindset, doesn't it? I know we touched on it. I don't want to touch on it, but I want to prove to all those people that think that it's not possible or we're not the company that we think we are. I'm going to prove you wrong, right? Yeah. That is the driver, right? Um, but equally now, more so, the driver is not letting people down. You know, we've got a lot of members and a lot of people, you know, and not coined by us, but coined by our members and hashtag family. You know, you don't want to let people down. You just, it's not, you know, you don't want to do it. You would have, you know, and that's the, that's the thing for us now. It's not about not giving up. We know that it will be successful. We've never doubted that at all from the minute we started we've never doubted it wouldn't be successful we've just had to go maybe the long way round to get there yeah but so what it's been a great you know in that sense it's been a great journey and actually you get to meet loads of different people and that's the reason we do it i suppose it shows it's so much more than just it's so much more than just a car club it's a you say it's a community it's a family and that's a part of the reason I started this podcast was was to to tell stories like your guys, your guys' story. It's it's inspiring. It's motivational. It's it's almost it is. It's that it's that pure determination to just create a brilliant sort of community that that you say it was asked for. And what is it? What is it for you guys when you when you see that happening and growing? What does that mean to you? I think one of the nicest things, Harry, is like we've. Um we've sort of got like a, a WhatsApp group of like people that have been with us from almost the beginning. Mm. Um, and yeah, when you sort of, you know, if you ask a lot of the guys, it's, you know, a lot of the guys have it's helped them through some dark times. And they're like, Oh, this, this WhatsApp group alone, let alone B road has just helped us through, you know, stuff like that. 
not like you just said, Harry. It's not just a car club where we don't really know anyone at meets and they just sort of turn up and then go away. You know, we are having banter and I mean, it's bloody hell, it's 24 hours a day, mate. You will wake up at half six <laughs> and there will already be 15 messages on the WhatsApp group and just, oh my God, here we go. I mean, that's, that's how our days start. Now, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it, and it's, you know, it's a, it's a funny thing, right? And you don't, like, you just asked a question. I don't really think about it so much until somebody asked me yeah. the question this weekend you know this weekend we had our first pop-up and it ties in really nice with obviously doing this with you because we've not done much for i guess six weeks since we left bentley yeah do you know what like the people that turned out on sunday and it was an awful day considering that we have had pretty much non-stop sunshine since we left the one day that we did a pop-up it absolutely <laughs> You know what though? I didn't stop 101 cars turning out and people standing in the rain, you know, chatting, and it was like we'd never been away. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's moments like that that you think, you know, people coming up to you saying, "Look, we'll support you. Carry on doing what you're doing. We will be there regardless." Right? That is a. It's and then you ask the question. It's when you then think back on those conversations. It's like. Yeah, well, we know we're doing some. You know, we are. What we're doing is right. Yeah. People want it out. Want us out there, and um, you know, and yeah, we are working tirelessly behind the scenes. But that's topic for another conversation. I think. I think it's important. It's important to stress, like, um, it's because it's, it's, it's quite personal to you guys that it's not just a business. It's like you said earlier. It's a way of life. And it's become it's become like you say the six a.m. starts with just with the WhatsApp to to helping like I know we spoke off off um off recording but you guys helping each other get a car fixed like that within itself is the basic I think essence of of being being in a part of a car community is that willing to just sort of show up and help and like you say the people who want to support you guys it's 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 nice it's affirming to know that that's there for you and I know you probably you probably are I wouldn't say living living a dream you're probably not expecting this to happen and is there anything that you think you want to do in the future to like would you like your own quote-unquote caffeine and machine or would you would you like a permanent residence i don't know you've left bentley but what are you looking for in sort of community is there an ideal location in your head uh yeah definitely mate yeah that's what the end goal is we used to get a uh is to get a new home for b road that we can literally set up and then yeah that is it not have to know. move you know yeah. Because we know that if we, like I said, if we find somewhere and create that space again, then people will show up at the end of the day. They will continue to show up. You know, like I said, if they'll if they'll show up to a car park in Burgess Hill, that pretty much says everything. And this is the funny thing, mate, is you get um, what we discussed a minute ago, buddy, uh, off camera about some of the haters and stuff. But yeah, there are people going, oh, look, B-Road are now hosting meets in car parks. Well, if you can get over 90 cars turning up to a car park in the pissing down rain, well, I don't think that's a negative, mate. That's a no. negative we created, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, yes, the end goal, you know, we have a vision, right? So uh, this is all new to us. Again. This is all, you know, uh, I guess... As I said, it's been a journey. We could write, we could write a book on some of the funnies, right? But 
we now have a mission statement and a vision because yeah. apparently you need to do if you're a company so if you haven't got one <laughs> get um, but we do have a vision and you know the vision and all of that plays into where we want to be so we spoke about we've spoke about it a lot but yes you're fundamentally we want to have quote unquote something similar to caffeine and machine now i'm not saying that caffeine and machine is the you know the thing that you want to have you know i'm not saying that there's anything wrong with it and i'm not saying there's anything you know right with it but yeah. if you look at what they've created absolutely they have created something very cool i think with our spin on it and as i said to, earlier on we like to do things differently I think we could create e as equally a good a space down in the southeast of England or something to compete with them at a later date. Right? That's ultimately the vision. That's where we yeah. want to get. Ultimately, moving like forward a few years, we'd like to have two or three B roads all around the country. You know, that's ultimate. That is the ultimate. Yeah. Um, you know, so and as we've alluded all through this conversation we will make it happen you know um so that's a big statement for me but yes we will make it happen um not maybe certainly the first part of that definitely that is what we are working behind the scenes to do now. but the bits after that we will try who knows where who knows where we'll be yeah in four years or so but you've got to you know you've got to have a you've got to have got to forward think you know um otherwise yeah we'd still be stuck in my shed uh building minutes for people that didn't want to pay for them so yeah well, it's kind of a, it's a, yeah it's, it's a perfect evolution you talk about evolving and, and it growing with with the um community you guys have so it's like you say it's 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 building what people want not not what you can't do it's it's build it and they will come i guess a mentality to it equally we want to you know part of what we you know part of the point of doing what we do is a giving the community something but you know like yourself right there are other companies out there that we have you know helped or we're working with to try and you know use what we do in our networking and you know take everyone along for the journey it's not yeah. just a not just about me and Rod creating B Road. B Road is, yes, it's me and Rod fundamentally, but it's bigger than that, right? It's taking taking people within the car community that have an idea and going, well, come on, we'll help you with that. You know, let's go and do that. You know, so yeah, it is. I think everybody benefits, right? That's that's what we want. We want everybody to benefit, and if we're the hub that helps achieve some of those other things, then great you know, everybody benefits from it eventually. Yeah. I I like to sort of, I know it's been quite a quick one, but sort of go towards the end of the podcast with sort of geeky questions, some sort of like basic car car people questions. And one of them is your your ideal three-car garage. So any three cars, any year, any make, any model, what would you have? Oh, so ideal three-car garage, so... Porsche 918 Spider is the, the dream. Uh, I'd then have a Porsche Taycan Cross Turismo as a family car. And then, yeah, probably a 997 
0.2 GT3 as a fun car, mate. So I'm pretty, pretty much Porsche affiliate. Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a yeah, mini mini museum. That's it, mate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I'd have Bentley Continental GT, a Porsche 911R. Yeah, nice. Having done a great week, and we haven't mentioned it, I don't think Mr. Felt It Felon, if he's listening out there, would ever talk to me again if I sold that car. <laughs> but. That's another story. Yeah, I mean, like I said, like, well, I'd love to get you guys on again after you've, maybe when you found a residence or when we do the, when you go to the pop-up and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it more there. But Absolutely, look, we, we would love to have you to come along and do a, you know, a podcast and chat with some of the, you know, some of the people we've spoke about, right? It's, yeah. It's all well and good saying it, but you need to come and get the flavour of what, I guess, what we've created. Um, and yeah, absolutely, mate, we will... Uh, when there's news, I'll reach out and then, like you say, you can maybe have the exclusive. Yeah, it'd be great. For Harry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for Harry in the podcast. Yeah, it'd be great. Fantastic. Um, another, another little question is, you've got one road to drive on with one car. Where are you going or what are you taking? Well, that's too easy for me. Is <laughs> <laughs> it a Porsche in the Alps? <laughs> yeah, no. I, yes. Uh, for me, it would be certainly in Europe. Um and it would, yeah, it would be any don't it doesn't even matter which road so um but yeah just across europe as long as it's a b road probably yeah maybe yeah just what you do with the company in europe um but yeah no i would say yeah probably a road somewhere in europe and probably in something a little bit more powerful than the Boxster, as nice as the Boxster Box. was. So, yeah, probably take the 911R. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably go on the, uh, I think I saw on the, on the Top Gear ones, it was that Trans, Trans for Highway in Romania, yes. I think. Yeah. Just because it looked, as a, as a road, it just looked mega. Do you know what I mean? And I'd probably do it in my 911. Well, it's just because it sounds so mega, I think. Out in the open roads, do you know what I mean? That'd be pretty cool. So. Be scaring people. Yeah. yeah. Is it that loud? Yeah. We've <laughs> just driven back, mate, from uh, Cranbrook. If you know anyone knows where that is, with the windows open, shouting at each other in a conversation. <laughs> Are your ears still ringing? The last, the last two. So the last, the, one of them is: What's the most important modification you can make to any car? For me, brakes, one hundred percent, mate. I've had. Uh, I've had a few minis, I had AP racing brakes on um, two of my R53 minis. I've got uh, Alcon brakes on my Fiesta ST that I've got alongside the 911. And until, if, you've, if you're running any sort of power, you know, you don't understand how good it is having decent brakes until you, it's like I, brakes are so good on my Fiesta now, I get in my 911 and I practically go into the back of people because I forget I don't disagree with Rog, but I guess it depends if you've had those modifications, but I'd say tyres. Okay. Um, having changed the tyres before we went to the Alps last week to uh, Michelin PS5s from... I mean, they weren't great tyres, to be fair, on the, on the box. That they were some pretty... Uh, you know, run-of-the-mill uh, 
Chinese copies, but the ride of the Boxster now with decent tyres on is completely different. And it goes round corners properly. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd say... T- I, it, but the problem is modifications are based on, you know, if you do no modifications, putting a decent set of tyres on works, right? If you can start to modify your tires, everything starts to step up. Add more power, you need more stopping power. You need more outflow, you need more inflow, all that sort of stuff, right? So it's hard to say one mod. Um, but, yeah, I probably tyres would be yeah. the, make sure more tyres are the same. That'll... That'll, that'll help as well <laughs> keeping them keeping uniform and uh, i keep yeah. preaching this but this, the reason this podcast exists is, is to inspire car enthusiasts to do more with a passion so a question that i'm now asking to sort of end the podcast is if you had one piece of advice to give to a young car enthusiast or maybe someone that wants to do something with their passion for cars what advice would you give them uh never give up yeah That's it. Nice. yeah yeah Never give up. You, you, yeah, just if you've got, if you have a desire or you have a passion for something, never give up. Don't let anyone tell you you can't do it. You know, that's not a word that I understand. Um, you've got to have a can't, doesn't exist, right? Um, just don't give up. Uh, on a probably more uh, sort of old head i guess i'll just say if you're a young person as well if you if you start modifying a car harry people have got to understand that you'll never get that money back you may well create the car of your dreams uh, but it will cost you money and when you come to sell it you can't spend five thousand pound on a ten thousand pound car and then go oh well, i've enjoyed it for two years i want 14,000 for it because it just doesn't work like that. I spent, I spent 12, 13,000 pound on my GP one mini, which is what I had when I met Ed. And I probably got 700 quid more than if it was standard when I sold it. Yeah. Now I owned that car four years. I loved it. Um, and I wouldn't have changed it. I, you know, it was brilliant. Um, but you just got to be aware that if you go down the slippery slope of modifying, you are basically flushing money down the toilet. You'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy flushing your money down the toilet, but you won't get, you won't get it back. That's the problem. No, brilliant. That's some, that's some serious and some funny advice. So, yeah, uh, guys, um, again, thank you so much for doing this. It's, it's been a pleasure. I mean, you guys are two of the, I think, the honest, most honest people I've met. Straight up, it's, it's a privilege to be able to speak to you guys. And... Yeah, thank you for being on the podcast. No worries, man. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Harry. So, I try and go into these conversations prepared to be amazed because when you're talking to someone for the first time, you don't know what they're going to say and how they react and what a fantastic conversation. For me to learn that B-Road is so much more than a car club, it's it's in a way of life. And the determination that Ed and Rog have brought and the willingness to not let B-Road fail is a testament to their character. And some themes that I see starting to emerge from these conversations that are seeming to ring true with everyone. Things like spending time talking and learning about people through cars and realising that the bond you create with a car is so much more than what's on the surface. The paint, the wheels, the engine, the modifications you make to the car. It's a bond that you form with the person 
on a different level because you know that when you change the wheel spaces or you lower the ride height of a car, the car's character changes. And it's something that I think only car guys get is that even the smallest tweaks make the biggest difference. And I'm privileged to speak so openly with you and listening to the guests on the podcast. And that's something that in theme with this conversation, I won't stop doing. And using Edinburgh as a testament to that is the willingness for me to carry on with this podcast and to learn more from everyone that I meet. So with that being said, I'm Harry and this is the Ignition Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed it as much as I did, please share it with three people that you know that love cars as much as you do. I would really appreciate it. <laughs>